All right, so Brent Venables is going to meet with the media at 10.30. And as it stands right now, we're only waiting on two names for the Sooners. And that would be Taylor Tatum, the running back out of Longview, Texas. And Eugene Brooks, the offensive lineman out of Chatsworth, California. So everyone else is in. Two so, final names. So if you're asking, hey, what have we're so and so? If if you haven't heard, he's in. It's it's incredible. I mean, I'm not kidding you guys. This is unheard of. We need two more names to ink those on over, fax them over, and then uh, Brent will be able to talk about everybody. I know. Absolutely. This is – I'm jaw-dropped in awe right now. And I had a, I had a note from, uh, from an insider on the super secret Textoso line and because and I, I was just – I'm in awe of how quickly this came together today, right? And literally – well, I don't want to – I guess that the whole – Taylor Tatum situation always kinds of kind of worries everyone because what his last trip was to USC and so you always kind of have those types of concerns. Well, and he's a high profile guy, big I mean, time high profile guy. Those types of names, you just you just kind of sit on the edge of your seat until you get that uh, NLI in. But he's uh, because of the Oklahoma baseball oh. thing, you feel pretty good about it. All right, so now we're down to one. Eugene Brooks has just entered. His letter of intent. <laughs> I didn't even get. I didn't even get to my super secret text. Eugene Brooks, a six foot four, three hundred and twenty pound offensive lineman, out of Las Vegas, Nevada, by way of Sierra Canyon High School. That's in California. Four uh, star prospect, according to twenty four seven Sports and ESPN, as well as rivals. Three star, according to On Three. Uh, you wonder what position he was a top five interior, the number five interior offensive lineman in the class and number 57 by on three. That is a discrepancy, people. If one entity has it at number five and the other has it at 57, what are we even doing? Uh, and the number 11 offensive guard by rivals, 13th by ESPN. What's going on over at on three? What are we doing over there? 2022 All-Mission League Most Valuable Lineman. So, and at uh, 6'4", 320, that's pretty good size for a guard. Not Mr. Lie, as far as height is concerned. Mr. Tatum, the floor is yours. So now we wait on one name. We are waiting on one name to round out the Sooner class of 2024. And so I talked about the timing of it, and <laughs> – I got this notice that because the head coach tells them, if you want us to announce and talk about you, you got to get it in. If you don't, we can't talk about you. <laughs> you want to get your video popping? You want everything to be uh, big on social media? Get your NI, uh, NLI in, National Letter of Intent. You don't? Can't we won't do it. be able to talk about you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just the way it is. Um, it, listen, I'm not worried about, about Tatum. I just it's It's kind of – interesting that I just brought up. It's like, yeah, you know, his last non-OU trip was USC. And it was like, oh, he made his trip to OU on the 16th. USC was on the 2nd. I mean, okay, that that's the two trips. Calm, calm down, Oki Tom. Calm down. Um, I do think that we're in a situation 
to where there are, there are a lot of players that are preferred walk-ons too that technically but we, we won't necessarily get to talk about today until they announce it yeah until they enroll right i guess so wouldn't wouldn't it be the same as transfer portal additions you'd have to wait until maybe a spring press conference when they'd announce the new arrivals of uh, preferred walk-ons along with the transfer portal additions that came in to start the second semester. Um, the, the 918 said, Plank, you were worried about Hawkins? Hadn't he been practicing with the team already? Listen, I Parker very – what's the word I'm looking for here? Covertly brought up there was one name that he was a little worried about, and by the time Parker kicked off the show with us at 9 a.m., that name had already had its letter of intent in. So I was just thinking, like, maybe Jaden Jackson, maybe Michael Hawkins, heck, maybe a guy like Zion Reagans who had been mentioned by other schools. I don't know. I don't know. But as it stands right now, oh, as it stands right now, the Sooners class is lacking one name. And then it is completed. But the preferred walk-on side of it, I think, is fascinating because there are a lot of very impressive Oklahoma high school kids that I know have an opportunity to be PWOs. I think some are are, are having to wait till today to officially get that offer. But, I mean, I know there's a, there's a handful of guys that are chomping at the bit to have the opportunity to walk on here as opposed to take a scholarship at somewhere maybe a little lesser. And I think that's awesome. I really do. And I'm not I'm still kind of dumb whenever it comes to the preferred walk-ons and and all the things that they can and cannot do, but I'm absolutely positively fired up about the list of names and guys that I've heard as potential preferred walk-ons. Is the story of the day Josh Helmer about this class the strength of the defensive line and the and and the line we asked again I'm going to go back to Parker a lot on this. But you would ask, hey, what's the strength of this class? And Parker's response was, there's really no easy answer, and that's a good thing because there's a lot of areas where they really beefed up. The best part about that was, well, I think there's an easy answer, right? But right. What, what do you think? Well, there's no easy answer. <laughs> to me, it's got to be defensive line. Right. Because of how long it feels like we've been waiting on OU to put this type of defensive line class together. They've done it. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's official. Right? David Stone, Nigel Smith, and, and others, they're coming to Norman. Jaden Jackson coming to Norman. Wyatt Gilmore coming to Norman. So it's uh, it's a program-altering, we hope, defensive line haul. Right, exactly. Absolutely, 100%. Exactly. Um, someone, I don't know, someone keeps asking about Danny Saley. Bro, he's, I think he is committed to Texas Tech. I don't, I don't know where that name would come from. He had been a BYU commit, and then he flipped to, to Texas Tech. But I don't – I mean, that was just a couple of days ago. So I don't in, – unless there's another Danny Siley out there, I don't think he's a commit for Oklahoma. It looks like he is on his way. He was – he, he had an offer from Oklahoma, but I don't – I don't think he ever committed. So I don't – Maybe that was a name that we thought early on was a slam dunk, but of the 27 scholarship names, 
that we expect. With 26 of those 27 in, he was never on my list. Now, the one name that apparently he won't. He signed with BYU, by the yeah, okay. way. Oh, so he did end up signing with BYU. Oh, they flipped him back to BYU. He had flipped his commit yesterday or earlier this week to um, – oh, I'm sorry. He had been a Texas Tech commit, and BYU flipped him. I'm sorry. I got it backwards. I was just trying – I was trying to work for you, the people. But, yeah, and by the way, Sooner Andy does clarify it. Hawkins has not been working with the team yet. No one can. They can't until they're signed. But it's supposedly some are going to be able to start practicing immediately. Really? I don't know. You don't, you don't have to be enrolled? I I would assume they enrolled right away. Well, I mean, but <laughs> semester, like, just ended. I, get, I, don't, I don't know. That's just what the Sooner Andy is saying off the Knippemeyer Chevrolet tax line. I, I have no idea. I'm just following along. The, the text line is a hot mess, just by the way. I mean, I guess if you're enrolled for, like, January classes. I mean, maybe so. I don't know. You? I, I don't think that's right, but I could be wrong. Is that, is that me hedging my best my bets right now? Yes. The, the funny thing is it's an, an awesome mix of casuals on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line and those of you who live, eat, breathe, die recruiting right now. I mean, it's hilarious. And, and it's good, right? It shows you the mix of people that listen to this program and this station. It's a mix of I've lived and died everything in recruiting up to this moment. And someone's like, hey, what happened to that guy that was recruit, uh, committed to us like a month and a half ago? Where's he at? What's his name? <laughs> um, I got I to gotta tell you something. It's funny how this class is basically put together right now, but we've been so hurt in the past by last-second flips or decommits that you're starting to see a little bit of panic setting sure. over Taylor Tatum right now too. It's like he hasn't signed yet. Where's his, where's his letter of intent at? <laughs> where, where is it? Oh, and he's a gosh. West Coast guy, so. Oh, is he? I thought he was a Texas dude. I'm sorry. No, Tatum's a Texas guy, isn't he? Longview, Texas? Well, then it needs to get in. Uh-oh. What's going on there? Um, is Braden Platt signing today? Now, this is one that I can actually help you out with a little bit. He is supposed to sign with Oregon today. Parker Thune told us to keep an eye on whether or not he signs today. He's in that mix of guys like Dominic McKinley, whom maybe you could look at and can be a a bit of a signing day surprise, but as it stands right now, he is committed to Oregon. And at the moment, whenever I was getting my update on those who have signed with the Ducks, the interwebs went out. Which is a good moment for me to say, nobody panic uh, with the app. We we shut the internet down for a second. We're rebooting it. Oh, okay. Well, that's why I'm not able to get an that's update correct. on this. <laughs> yeah, so you're not going to. You're not going to in the near future. <laughs> is, is that why Perry came rolling that's in? That's correct. Okay. Uh, so don't, do not panic. Yeah. I, I just – I think sometimes too – I'm not – I'm a casual when it comes to recruiting. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I can't sit here and be an expert. There's, there's a good portion of you that know infinitely more about every single one of these guys and I'm going to know or maybe even to a certain degree be allowed to know. I don't know. I've never gotten in trouble like, like T. Rowe did one time for talking about commits. But I will say I am very, I'm very excited with the way that this class has come together. Uh, from Jimmy and Edmund, he writes, let me ask you guys. A day we grow with the recruitment today, but how many O-line guys are we expected in this class? Is there one surprise we might get? Is there a chance our O-line next year will be the youngest in years? Thanks, Jimmy and Edmund. No, I, um, I don't know. 
I don't I don't think we're going to get any surprises on the offensive line. I really don't. But I will say of the guys that they have talked about and been excited about, they all committed. Eddie Pierre-Lewis, Eugene Brooks, Isaiah Autry, uh, Iasosa, and am I leaving someone out? Yeah, Daniel, uh, go for it. Akinkunmi. Akinkunmi. But here's the thing. They brought in a really big recruiting class last year on the offensive line as well. So I don't think you're going to see necessarily any true freshman start right away. But I think you could end up with a Caden Green type situation where two or three weeks into the season, it's like, all right, this dude needs to play. And maybe that name is Eddie Pierre Louis, right? Yeah, maybe it is. Are we, are we going with Louis now? We're going with Louis. I, I've looked at the Sooner 24 signees, and the pronunciation is Louis, okay. according to OU. So. All right. Uh, okay, so we can stop the wait two on Braden Platt. Yes, he is signed with Oregon. He officially sent in his letter of intent with Oregon. So if you want to, let's see here, go back here. We can cross out, pay attention to who doesn't sign today. Right. Braden Platt, question mark. No, Platt just signed with Oregon. All right, it's 10-16. We got to take a break. When we come back, one name. There is only one name for Oklahoma. It's an important one. It's an important one. But we'll see if we have an update coming up next. Plus, we're taking you straight to, uh, I guess it would be, what, the Switzer Center at 10-30 for the – uh, Brent Venables press conference recapping the signing class right here on the ref. We'll of course continue the the clarifications that we need to because I was much like Brent from Jake's. He's like, don't forget about Andy Bass. We won't get too much on preferred walk-ons today. And much like last year when you had three or four dudes that went through bowl prep, as an early enrollee, you can go through bowl prep. So and I, this has been happening for several years, we know now. Well, I I don't know if it's necessarily several years, but I know it's it's come to light at least last year, last this. couple of seasons, right? And if I remember correctly, I don't think any of those dudes stepped on the field in the bowl game, and one of them was actually really already. Thank you, Luann. What did you get? Um, it's it's a payment. It's a uh, Luann pays me to stay <laughs> saying nice things about her. She's like, you say nice things about me, I'll give you a. Uh, you give shouldn't you money. have to be paid to do that. No, not at all. She's the best. So I that that's why you haven't heard um, Andy Bass's name or any of the other projected preferred walk-ons right now. Who knows? Maybe, and I'm not saying Andy Bass is in this group, but there's maybe some of these guys that are committed to being preferred walk-ons, and out of nowhere, there could be an offer to a school that you know they they weren't expecting. Because something falls through. Like, for instance, there is one major story that has developed beyond Oklahoma in signing day flips today. We haven't had a – we haven't had many of them. But um, Ohio State got flipped. Jeremiah McClellan flipped from Ohio State to Oregon, the number 49 overall player in the 2024 class. And – Ouch. Yeah. Big 10 on Big 10 crime. <laughs> very, very well played. Very well played. But we just – we don't know. We don't know exactly what um, what exactly is, is happening on that, on that front because all the Ohio State fans are saying, they dropped the bag on them. I'm like, well, you're Ohio State. You, you, you should be able to counter the bag if you want. And – 
everyone was blowing up Ryan Wingo because he, he hadn't sent in his letter of, in, of intent or made his announcement yet. And literally, they had to send out a, a tweet that's like, hey, Ryan Wingo's still in bed. They don't have school today, so he's sleeping in. <laughs> <laughs> but Will, and, I, and Oklahoma, I don't believe, is, is in, the, in the conversation anymore on Ryan Wingo, nor would we expect a surprise. But that's just, I guess, when you talk about some of the other major non-Sooner-related storylines, Josh, that would be one worth keeping an eye on, right? See what happens with Ryan Wingo. But for the most part, uh, all but one name that was expected to sign today has been in for Oklahoma. And that one name so far is Taylor Tatum. Now we are also waiting to see if Dominic McKinley ends up shooting in a letter of intent anywhere that he, he's been committed to Texas A&M. Oklahoma's made a strong push late. But at least from McKinley and everything that we've heard, Josh, it sounds like he is not going to be committed until the after the new year from everything we've seen on right. that front. And what again, like I said, it's, it, it's an interesting mix. Angry Ronnie said that words getting out that Tatum won't sign until February. Well, let's, let's remember Tatum's announcement whenever he made his commitment was like a it was like Yentl. It was like a movie. It took forever. Yes, so, it was dramatic. So at least from that front, I, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't come out till much later in the day. Someone had beat me to that joke, but I, I appreciate it. Uh, from the 405, you mentioned the local guys getting lost in the mix. We have some local PWOs that easily could be scholarship guys. What's the word on these guys? Again, I don't, I don't know that we'll learn a lot about them today. But I think once they get enrolled, you'll, you'll get a little bit more information on them. So we shall wait and see. I don't see anything about them waiting, Angry Ron. Is this just the byproduct of it's 1025 in the morning? Panic starting to set in. And 99.9 out of 100 times, you still don't even have a portion of your recruiting class in by now. And because every name but one isn't in yet, is that kind of setting off a little bit of the panic alarm for people? Is that what's going on here? Sure. Okay. Because if I don't see any of this coming from reliable sources as of yet. But as it stands right now, you have 26 of the 27 names that have been projected to sign with the University of Oklahoma that have sent in their letter of intent this morning. And in three minutes and 30 seconds, when we go to, to campus to hear from Brent Venables, those are the guys that he'll be able to talk about. If by that point Tatum's letter of intent isn't in, Josh, then we will wait. But it's still kind of freaking amazing that you're looking at a situation where 27, uh, 26 of the 27 names for Oklahoma are already in today. Inked, faxed, signed. Uh, a couple of other quick texts here. Uh, Parker and Teddy said Hawkins would have bowl practices under his belt. Yeah, that he can work out once he signs. So it's not – he can't practice until he signs. Once they have that letter of intent, he can sign. So if they say he has bowl practices under his belt, they mean once he signs. He can't start doing anything until his letter of intent is in. Um, Jeff from OKC writes, well, I guess I can take a nap for the rest of the day. The coaching staff should take the afternoon off. They've, they wouldn't, though, because they've got bowl prep done. But what a job well done by the coaches. 
Well, I think there would be someone that's like, Tate Tatum's name not in yet. I don't think DeMarco it, Murray should get to do anything. Until that name is in, yeah, there'll be <laughs> some frustration. Yeah, and then, you know, you think about you think about dudes that have the opportunity to really make a difference early. It is hard not to see the body types of the David Stones and the Devon Mitchells of the world. Heck, even looking at Eugene Brooks, I mean, I, I think those are dudes that have an opportunity, that have an opportunity to potentially get things done here rather quickly. All right, we got like a minute before we have to go to Brent. You seen anything on Tatum that's, that's worthy of going in depth on? No. All right, maybe we'll learn something right here. In the meantime, uh, we are not done. We are just sliding away for Coach Venables. We'll get his breakdown of the entire class. Now, I – well, do you think we can – can you just listen in to see if he's ready to go? Because I don't know if listening to Drake tap dance will be the most exciting thing we've ever had on signing day. Yeah, I, I can keep tabs on that, sure. <laughs> but we'll go – no offense, Drake. But we'll go straight there at, uh, at 10.30 this morning and get an update on all things related to this signing class, which, again – all but one name so far, and that's Taylor Tatum, the running back. Uh, but you've also had every running back that you expected to be committed to the Sooners and every player that was expected to sign already get their letters of intent in. The defensive line class is among the best that I think we've ever seen. Jaden Jackson, Nigel Smith, Wyatt Gilmore, Danny Okoye, all massive defensive line commits. And then, of course, David Stone who might be one of the biggest ads the Oklahoma Sooners have had. And when you think about this class and you think about the overall juice of this signing class, there is no if, ands, or buts about how good this defensive line class is, at least on numbers and at least on talent. It's the best in 15 years that Oklahoma has signed. That was the class that had R.J. Washington in it. That was the class that, and again, you know, R.J. didn't necessarily have the most sensational Oklahoma Sooner career. But um, whenever he signed in 2008, that made all the difference in the world. I mean, it, it really, really set the Sooners on a good roll in 08. But now, you know, 15 years later, you're looking at a dude – you're looking at a dude like David Stone, whom I think we all feel like was a had-to-get kind of a dude, right? He was, when he committed, after the heartbreak of the David Hicks in 2022, would that be 23, 22? Anyway, you felt like this kid with local ties, grew up in Dell City, or at least that's his hometown that's listed. You felt like he was a have-to-get for the Oklahoma, and they got him. Number four prospect in the country by ESPN. Number seven overall by rivals, top 20 recruit, number 19 by 24-7, and on three. The nation's best defensive tackle prospect by ESPN and rivals, and the number three defensive lineman for on three, and number five for 24-7. And was ranked as the number two overall player in Florida by ESPN and rivals, and number five by 24-7 sports and on three. He was an Under Armour All-American and was a first-team All-American for Max Preps. Also, David Stone played in the 2024 Polynesian Bowl and after transferring to IMG Academy, 
help lead them to a 10-0 record this year. And, Josh, I know you're having to do yeoman's work here and listen in on, on both the presser and this, but I, I, feel like that, I feel like this was the dude that once you got him and once you knew that he was signed to this class, you felt like, all right, we are, we're, we're good, we're set. Yeah, David Stone was the name that uh, everybody was going to define this class by. E- even if uh, you had a Nigel Smith, a Jaden Jackson, all these others, and probably Jaden Jackson, right, with David Stone. But once you got that name, that's just was going to be the defining name in this class. Right. And I know that there might end up being – I know there might end up being dudes that have better careers – Right, and that's hard. That's the hardest thing to try to figure out on this day, right? It's like, okay, how do they project at the next level? I like them, and most everyone is going to say slam dunk, but David Stone comes in, and again, like I said, I'm trying not to get too carried away with a hype train, but holy smokes, Josh, watch the highlights. Six foot four, two seventy five. Now we want to put about twenty five pounds of good weight on him, right? Get him up close to maybe. Uh, 300 pounds if he's going to stay in that interior, which we all assume that he will. But he looks like the kind of guy physically that'll be ready to help contribute very early on. And I don't know I don't know if we've had a defensive tackle guy like that in a while here at Oklahoma, have we? No. I, I don't know who you would point to. And you might have a couple right. in Stone and Jackson. That duo right. might be able to step in and, and help you pretty quickly. And frankly, o- OU needs that, right? I mean, oh, you got some big interior defensive line decisions returning, uh, you know, last week. But look, to get the explosion and the athleticism and the one-on-one pass rushing win rate that you would get from Stone on the interior, it's it's a game changer. Jonathan Jackson, or excuse me, Jonathan Jackson, Jaden Jackson. You know, he's already 300 pounds, right? He comes in at 6'2", three bills. Four-star guy, uh, three-star, four-star guy according to 24-7 in, in Rivals, three-star by ESPN and on three, was the 183rd overall prospect, was the nation's number 11 defensive tackle by Rivals and number 36 by ESPN. And he was the 28th-ranked defensive lineman in the entire class by 24-7 sports. And everyone was on this kid, Florida, Miami, Ohio State, Texas, and others. And when he committed, you felt like you had yourself a good one-two duo for quite a while. But Jane Jackson is the guy that always impressed me. Now, if you're tuning in for Brent Venables, the, uh, we're waiting for Coach Venables to reach the dais. We're waiting for Coach Venables to actually step up and speak. So we're just kind of going through a couple of guys in the class. He was slated to meet with the media at about 10.30. So I would assume things, what, Josh, just running a little bit behind over there right now? Just running a little bit behind. Our our man Drake is filibustering with the best of them. Well, I will say the signing day press conference can sometimes be the easiest one to filibuster because you've got all the – what am I trying to say? Bios in front of you. Yeah, you just read through them. You just read through them. But, yeah, and, and and I like this from the 405. You know, just rolling through some text while we wait on coach. Oh, my gosh. P.J. Stone, Jackson, Okoye. That's scary. I haven't even mentioned. I haven't even mentioned Danny Okoye yet. Nigel Smith and Danny Okoye. I mean, wide Gilmore in that, too. Uh, Okoye, by the way, 6'4", 240. uh, Considered more of an edge prospect. Was it the All-American Bowl that he was taking part in the other night? Yeah. 
Yeah. And he, he just looked fabulous. He looked amazing. So I, I was trying to kind of just do a little comparison whenever I'm thinking about, okay, um, where do these numbers rank with what we're looking at for guys that are already on the roster, right? When you think about um, Okoye, 6'4", 240. Because that, to me, dude, that sounds like a guy that I'm like, wait a minute here. Is that someone that could potentially physically be in a position where he can make a difference in 2024 right away? Um, Reggie Grimes, 6'4", 278 last year. R. Mason Thomas, 6'2", 239. As As a bull rusher, man. As a power rusher. And that's a name that I think maybe folks have forgotten a little bit about sure. just because this year didn't go according to plan. But, uh, yeah, you start thinking about what that room looks like and another year for him to get stronger and hopefully stay healthier is pretty exciting. I mean, and I, I'm even, I've been looking at Eugene Brooks quite a bit. And, again, 6'4", 320, you know, he's already bigger than Savion Bird. He's, uh, he's bigger. Aaron Parks just entered the portal. Uh, Caleb Schaefer came in at 6'5", 344, bigger than a eh, eh, little bit smaller than him. Caden Green was 6'5", 316. Brooks comes in at 6'4", 320 as an interior offensive lineman. So size-wise, Josh, size-wise, these dudes are absolutely looking the part, which is massive whenever it comes to trying to figure out how they might slot in next year. Again, I'm not trying to get too carried away here on this signing day. No, let's get carried away. <laughs> Just say, day. oh, Eugene Robinson's going to start next year on the offense. Or Eugene Brooks, excuse me. But size-wise, he's right there with every dude in the interior offensive line room. Right there with all of them. And on the edge. All right, here's Coach. Oh, let's go to Coach. Here, a uh, day to uh, celebrate new beginnings for uh, – Upwards to hopefully would be around 27 uh, newcomers, high school players. Uh, really excited about uh, this group of players that we're bringing in. Uh, uh, expect it to be about 13 on defense and 14 on offense uh, as of right now. And but I would uh, be remiss if I didn't. I just want to uh, thank uh, our staff uh, just uh, for their relentlessness, uh, for all their work in helping put together a. You know, a top-notch recruiting class, building the program the right way with amazing people, and and this isn't obviously as it goes without saying that this isn't a the last month or so that they've been uh, working tirelessly. It's you know it's really several years in the making, and uh, you know I'd also like to thank all of our players. Uh, you know, you don't attract the quality of the people uh, that this class represents, both as People and players, uh, without you know sh- being a, a shining example of what um, we want, you know, in our locker room and how we do what we do, and I always believe in young men in our locker room having a multiplier effect. And uh, so, several of our players, obviously, uh, throughout the the year, have given their own testimonials to these recruits and their families, or certainly have hosted uh, the players along the way. And so the. You know, the players that don't have a lot of time, they, they've given their time to continue to help us build the program the right way, and uh, they they value that. That's part of that OUDNA and the brotherhood uh, that, you know, these guys are having an impact uh, for years to come, you know, even after they're long gone. So I would be, again, negligent if I didn't thank them. Uh, and 
you know, several of our uh, current players' families as well. Uh, but really excited. Uh, we'll represent, you know, 15 different states uh, as of right now with the high school kids. And, you know, the majority of those players, uh, almost half the class coming from the state of uh, Oklahoma and the state of Texas. And uh, But, you know, really, uh, you know, feel great about the, the lines of scrimmage. And, you know, we have when it's all said and done, you know, with a few of the portal additions that we'll, we'll have, uh, give or take 16, up to 16 um, offensive defensive linemen that will help us, uh, again, reinforce the, the trenches where the game's won and lost. But I love the, the speed uh, that we have in this class, and uh, I love the physicality of this class, both sides of the ball. Uh, we got great physical size at receiver, and then we have guys that uh, – you know, are uh, lightning fast at, at both receiver, running back at the skill, uh, tight end. Uh, really an excellent group. You got two uh, really good young quarterbacks, and uh, Michael Hawkins and Brendan Zerberg uh, from Ohio that uh, bring a, a, a wealth of, um, you know, experience at the quarterback in the high school level. Incredibly talented guys. They got all the right stuff to them from a leadership, instincts, humility. Uh, toughness standpoint. Um, really love the uh, the defensive line. I know we've talked about that um, uh, as being again something that you know everything starts up front as the saying goes, and it couldn't be uh, more appropriate here uh, with uh, our own uh, David Stone here from uh, the state of Oklahoma uh, via IMG and uh, Nigel Smith, Danny Okoye, uh, Jaden Jackson, and Wyatt Gilmore, and Danny being an, another in-state uh, you know product and from uh, Tulsa. Uh, really excited about you know that you know that group of guys up front combined with the guys that we're going to have coming back transitioning going into uh, the SEC. You know we've got length, size, power. Uh, you know this is it's still a developmental game, but these are guys that have a tremendous foundation. You know already and the again been well coached. That's going to help uh, in their transition as well. James Nesta, multi-sport guy that's going to play baseball, a pitcher. You know, he throws over 90 miles an hour. Really appreciate the uh, Coach Johnson and the baseball staff. They played a, a critical part in, in recruiting uh, James as well and giving him an opportunity uh, to pursue both. But he's, you know, he looks like Danny Stutzman, except he's instead of, you know, 235, he's he's about 215 um, uh, right now. And uh, But he's got, you know, great length and uh, just a great frame and can run and, Man, he you know he'll he'll smack you like a rattlesnake. Man, he is very explosive, natural, uh, speed to contact hitter. Great instincts, range. I think he can play all three linebacking positions. Uh, I love the 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 secondary. You got seven group of uh, a group of seven in the back end that can uh, has tremendous uh, versatility, uh, physical stature, uh, great great instincts. Uh, just good football players, whether it's the top player out of Kansas and uh, Michael Boganowski or uh, Eli Bowen, who's one of the best football players in America. Uh, it'll be really cool uh, to to have him along with his brother here in the secondary. Uh, but I'll be honest, and I told 
Peyton this a year ago. If you don't come, I'm still recruiting your brother. And I told Eli, even if we don't get your brother, I'm still coming after you. So, uh, you know, he had, he's probably had as much ball disruption plays the last uh, few years of any defensive back that I've seen. Uh, just a great, great player. Jaden Hardy, he played everything, you know, for his team there at the Lou uh, in one of the best programs uh, in, in the state of Texas. He can do it all, both sides of the ball. Uh, just a very natural football player. His intelligence is beyond his years. Uh, Devon Jordan right here out of our own uh, Tulsa Union. Uh, the you know His instincts, his ball skills, uh, the things that he can do, his speed. Just a, a, a big-time player, and he's a big-time human being as well. Uh, just an amazing uh, young man. Uh, Jeremiah Newcomb, y'all remember Bobby Newcomb for, for Nebraska uh, at, uh, at the quarterback position. Really cool to um, – uh, like there was a, a, a tremendous mutual respect for Bobby Newcomb, uh, you know, back in the day. And to, to see him now as a head coach in the great state of Arizona and his son being one of the star players on their team. Again, a, a really committed young man that is just a natural DB and a ball hawk. Glad his dad didn't let him play much quarterback, even though he, he did play a little bit for their, their high school team. But Jeremiah brings so much to the table, just a natural skill set that's going to transition really well. Well, another local product, uh, Michael Patterson McDonald had a fantastic senior year, uh, really a disruptive safety that can do a lot uh, with all the things that we like to do with our safeties. And then uh, Reggie Powers comes from a great program there at Centerville High School, um, you know, as physically tough as a player that we signed in this class. Uh, looking on, again, up front, offensive line, uh, Joss uh, Josh Isosa uh, from Edmond Santa Fe, one of the best linemen in the in the state. Uh, just a fantastic player. He's got size, athletic ability, great agility. He's really worked hard uh, at uh, at his game and his development. Um, you know Isaiah Autry from uh, Mississippi. You know he's got great length to him and tremendous athletic ability. Just finished up at both the uh, you know the Mississippi Alabama All Star game and then went down and uh, competed really well uh, down in uh, at Frisco in the All American game uh, as well. Uh, Eugene Brooks from the uh, state of California, uh, just a real natural power, powerful guard, just great girth and size. Uh, really um, nimble, and he's got a great story about just his development. And uh, he's lost 50 pounds over the last couple of years, and he's still a mountain of a man uh, to really create a lot of opportunity for himself. He's got a great, great testimony. Uh, Daniel Akinkume uh, from uh, England, uh, our first uh, from from overseas, and uh, the the physical traits that he brings to the table. Uh, just incredibly intelligent, well-spoken, sharp, focused, mature. Really expect uh, Daniel to come in here and uh, make this place better right away. And uh, just got a great, uh, again, testimony as well and a light inside of him that's really infectious. And then uh, our last uh, commitment, uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis from, uh, again, another product of Tampa Catholic, Coach McIntyre and their staff just doing an amazing job down there, teammate of Lewis Carter, uh, and again, Eddie is uh, green, brings great natural uh, size and power, uh, great, great speed, uh, sub 13 uh, second, you know, 100 meters for, you know, 320 pound. If you saw him in person right now, you'd think he looks like a three year NFL vet defensive tackle. Uh, just he's incredibly lean and um, loves to, to work out. 
and uh, but uh, just a, a great student, really a smart young man uh, as well, and a brother that plays for the Buffalo Bills and went to the state of Florida and, uh, again, Bill did a, a wonderful job of putting this group of linemen uh, together. We've got a uh, you know, great group of receivers that have you know, the versatility of, of size uh, in Zion Kearney and, and I, Ivan, Big Ivan um, from West Texas. You know, these are, are guys that have speed and size, uh, uh, toughness that you want guys to play with. They have a physical uh, maturity about them uh, as well that's going to trans, uh, translate well. And then, you know, our speed, uh, you know, at our other two spots in both uh, Zion Raggins and um, K.J. Daniels that are both sub 4-4, you know, 100-meter uh, four four forty guys and uh, fantastic you know breakaway speed and explosiveness that's going to really you know create you know opportunity our Gatorade Player of the Year uh, as well and uh, and really excited um, you know about Xavier you know uh, Robinson and you know back to back state champions there at Carl Albert love the environment that you know he's coming from a winning tough-minded environment that is about accountability and discipline. Uh, they get the most out of their guys. And so they, these guys understand, you know, they're coming from Carl Albert, you know, the uh, the standards uh, that are expected, you know, day in and day out. I think our first our first commitment was uh, Newcomb. And, again, our last commitment was uh, uh, Eddie Pierre-Louise. And, and, then, um, and then one of our most important commitments was uh, Devon Mitchell. And he's graduating from Los Alamitos High School uh, via Allen High School there in, in, uh, in Dallas. Uh, and, again, he's got the size, the speed, the athletic ability, the versatility at that position. Uh, that really is going to uh, give us something that's unique uh, in that tight end room, uh, you know, moving forward. Um, we get really excited about the group of guys, and we're we're certainly not finished, but uh, you know that should be. We, we anticipate 27, 28 guys when it's all said and done. We'll see how that works out, and then up upwards to 10, you know, transfers. A year ago, I think we signed in January 20, 42, 43 new scholarship players, and we'll be just south of that. Uh, moving forward, I'd like to also. Um, I know this is about you know signing day, but it's also about uh, you know just you know finishing up with Team 130 as we you know finished up our last practice yesterday morning in preparation for uh, the Alamo Bowl. Really excited uh, about you know where we're at in our preparation and what's ahead. The matchup against a really good Arizona team, an Arizona team that went nine and three again, and they lost two games in overtime. One on the road at Mississippi State, one in triple overtime to Southern Cal, and they lost by a touchdown uh, that came down to the last drive of the game uh, to a 13 and 0 Washington team. So uh, we got a tremendous um, opportunity, tremendous respect uh, for the University of Arizona. I think they only have eight players that have ever played in a bowl game. All eight of them are transfers. Uh, first bowl game for them in, in six years. So they're going to be incredibly excited to play. I think they've got one one player uh, left tackle that's opted out and everybody else for them uh, will show up down in San Antonio. We've got, you know, obviously we, we were there just a couple of years ago. A great uh, win against the University of Oregon with Coach Stoops at the home. And so a lot of memories uh, in that regard. We only have 10 scholarship players that were in that game. And uh, so a lot has changed since that time. But again, really looking forward to the uh, the hospitality and, and uh, you know everything that the Alamo Bowl, the Valero Alamo Bowl represents is first class. 
And so our guys are really excited. They're going to have a few days off, and we'll get back together on the evening of the 23rd and then head on down uh, on the 24th. Uh, you know, moving forward, our players, uh, I'd like to congratulate them. We had 79 players finish the semester, three straight semesters of academic excellence. Uh, we had, uh, we averaged 3.0 GPA uh, as a football team, and we had uh, 79 players that had a 3.0 GPA or better. And that just, you just don't look up and ha have that happen. Uh, that's culture, uh, that's recruitment, that's nurturing, that's uh, standards, and then that's uh, the, the the effort by our academic support staff. What an amazing job, you know, that they do. And uh, sometimes they don't get our, our players um, until after uh, practice or after a long day. And, and so the things that they're able to do to motivate and challenge them is, is pretty special. And I don't take that for granted, but that's what it looks like to me. Nothing uh, is more important in our program than helping these young men as they navigate their athletic careers. And that's what gets a lot of the headlines. Nothing's going to create more opportunity for them than having their degree. And uh, so that, you know, that's the, you know, the number one purpose in this program. And, and we're not going to lose our way as we chase excellence on the field uh, as well it's uh, got to be represented off the field so that's what it looks like and I'm really excited to uh, announce that to you all as well so with that I'm going to open it up for questions you mentioned transfer portal. I just want to ask you, when you, sometimes you have recruits that you may not get, but in the era of the transfer portal, how, how important is it to depart those relationships with solid relationships because you never know what will happen in the future? I, I think I think people that we that you, you you talked about not getting, I think sometimes you know what's reported and what actually uh, whether or not there's a real pursuit is can be two different things. So first of all, I would say that you know we're very intentional. We don't cast a big old net and throw it in the middle of the ocean and see what we get. We are very intentional, uh, looking for the fit, looking for you know uh, certainly positionally and what. You know, we're looking for from an athletic standpoint, a competitive standpoint, leadership standpoint, character standpoint, uh, and again, how they're going to, you know, come into this program and make a deposit, you know, not just on the field, but make this place better. Do they bring value? And because and, I know, again, a very, this can be very short relationships. Some of these guys will be here just for several months, but it's important to me that we find young men that are going to bring value to our locker room. And so in a very small window, as you alluded to, uh, it's recruiting on steroids. Everything happens really fast. You got to use all your experience and connections and relationships that to try to find out as much as you can about these young guys, because that's how I protect the culture of the program. And I'm very culture centered, um, fit centered. Uh, again, I'm looking for people that make us better, you know, guys that can, um, you know, we're not looking for backups and we're looking for guys that come in here and make us better, going to make the guys in the locker room better. Um, you know, I, I tell the players all the time, you know, my job is to put together the most competitive roster I can. Your job is to show up every day and ready to compete. And if you don't like to compete, you know, good luck when you leave college because the real world gets even more competitive. And, you know, so, uh, you know, 
teaching these young men the the value of hard work and commitment and keeping your head down and control the controllables. Uh, Sometimes, you know, young people and old people like you get distracted by things that you can't control. And so for the players in our locker room, my expectation is they come in here and, uh, you know, they they adhere to the standards of the program, bring value every single day, show up with an appreciation and respect for their opportunity and, 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 and chase their best every single day. And regardless of who does or doesn't come in, and when they do come in, man, embrace everybody. And uh, that's the expectation when we recruit and sign these guys that, again, you're, you're going to get what you earn. You come in there, and, and I want you to get in the back of the line and show up with effort and toughness and uh, competitiveness. And um, But obviously, when you, when you sign guys out of the portal, sometimes it's because you lost a lot of players um, like we, we have up front, but we've got five high school guys, and we look to – uh, sign four uh, offensive linemen to to go along with the returning players that we have and to get to our numbers. Those numbers aren't ever going to change where we feel like we need to have hit those numbers to have competitive depth. And uh, but I want to I want a locker room that's about development, you know, uh, you know, I think that we have a there's a, a certain level of attractiveness uh, from a but certainly a high school, but from a portal standpoint and what we can do from a resource standpoint, the coaching acumen, whether it's the strength and conditioning, it's the elite recovery, it's the nutritional opportunities, and certainly uh, the X's and O's, the schemes and things of that nature. I think uh, the young men are looking for continued development as well to help propel their, their careers beyond the University of Oklahoma. Uh, but for our own players, you know, this is a developmental game. The more you uh, the more you practice, uh, the more challenge that you have, you know, the, the more change that you can create and, and the improvement. Usually your best players are guys in that fourth and that fifth and that sixth year because of experience and the maturity, how you think, how you show up every day usually translates to, you know, consistency on the field. And uh, so really, again, excited about, uh, you know, this is our third class that we've signed uh, since we've been here the last uh, 25 plus months and think this is our best one up to this point in time. The test of time will tell. Uh, We've got several young players um, that, you know, we've talked about that are in our locker room right now that had, you know, tremendous roles. I think out of the top 20 ranked teams in college football, we had the most snaps from freshmen and red shirt freshmen. And, um, and again, winning 10 games, it says a lot. It bodes well uh, for the future. Certainly uh, our older guys, uh, guys like a Dylan Gabriel or a Drake Stoops or a Woody Washington, uh, Isaiah Coe. I can go on and on and on. And all the returning players were a big part of that as well. And uh, But with this group of, of uh, freshmen, again, from uh, you know 15 different states that we're bringing in here, couldn't be more excited about where we're at. And as we're transitioning, you know, uh, always want more, always want better. Uh, you know, we're not where we need to be yet, but we're going and trending in the right direction. Yeah, Brent, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, David Stone's recruitment. Obviously, being a, a local kid who had gone elsewhere uh, for high school, what, how did that uh, play out and what were the, some of the unique things about that? And how important was his commitment when it happened to sort of uh, you know, generating some momentum for that uh, that class, especially on that defensive line. Yeah, I mean, again, you're looking at you know, obviously the if he were here in the state, you know, arguably he, whether it's uh, Devon or it's Xavier Robinson or uh, you know David, you know, competing for the number one player in the state. Uh, you know, David's tremendously talented, uh, but he's got a, a lot of the right stuff that you want and. 
Uh, everybody loves David that's met David. He's got a really endearing uh, leadership qualities to him. Uh, humble, hardworking, tough, smart, really smart, articulate. He's a leader of uh, young men. Uh, players follow him. Uh, you know, the uniqueness was, you know, that's a over a two-year relationship with he and his family. So uh, you love that, being a relationship-driven program. Uh, you want it to be about that. This is a forever decision for each and every one of these young men. And, uh, you know, for David, again, you know, it's probably one of the longest relationships that we've had. So um, he is a, a great leader, and, and guys will follow him. He's got a tremendous uh, respect in in both in high school football uh, and in that circle, uh, the recruiting circle. So he'll have some influence there uh, along the way. And, but really excited. You know, I want to, you know, like, like all these guys, help these guys take off all the burdens of expectation off the shoulders. And at some point in time, he's going to show up here and he's just going to be 18 years old. And all these guys are just, uh, they're just babies trying to figure out life. They don't have all the answers. Uh, there's a development piece that's going to be very real. Uh, there's going to be some immediate challenges for each and every one of these young guys. Our job as a staff is to meet them where they're at and to take them where they can't take themselves. And, uh, you know, my job is to take away the burden of expectations that are there from recruiting, from competition, uh, from sometimes just from home. And, and, and help these guys just be 18. And let's just have a great day today. Let's just move in and have some fun. Let's, let's go to the first testing, uh, uh, you know, time in the weight room. And, man, let's have some fun. Let's, you know, it's just football. And uh, quit worrying about someday. You know, they all sometimes get, you know, uh, worn down by someday. And just let's just have a great day and a great moment right now. And and someday you'll be a junior. And someday you'll be a senior. Someday, God willing, you'll have an opportunity to go play, uh, you know, in the NFL. But you're living your dream out right now. Don't get ahead of yourself. Uh, these will be the good old days right here and now. Enjoy it while you can. Uh, make the most of it while you can. Give it everything you got. And, uh, and you can live with that. And so you mentioned David and, you know, there's many of these young men that have high expectations that they've put on themselves. And then outwardly, when, when you come to a place like Oklahoma with all the notoriety and again, you've got the, uh, the depth of the media that's here. Um, I would just say, just know that they're 18 years old and they got all the same problems of any 18, 19, 20-year-old young person. It's, uh, there's, there's, there's moments of doubt. There's moments of maturity uh, where, you know, you're not quite where you need to be. Um, uh, you know, you got things going on at home. Just life happens, you know, nonstop. And uh, so as exciting as this moment is and, there, and as a new beginning, uh, there'll, there'll be, you know, challenges along the way. And there'll be some amazing moments along the way as well. But this is a day, again, of celebration. And uh, David, amongst um, all the other, uh, you know, amazing young men and the families that get to join the Sooner family forever, uh, what an honor it is to have all of these uh, guys represented from 15 different states and excited for David you know, as well as we are with the rest of the guys. It feels like defensive line recruiting is, is more difficult than it's ever been. Why do you think it's so hard to recruit elite defensive linemen, and how crucial was it for you guys to get this kind of a class? It's just, you know, it's a law of supply and demand. There's just not as many of them. Uh, and it's it's been that way uh, since football, you know, uh, became a, a sport. And so, uh, you know, rushing the passer, stopping the run, the lines of scrimmage, it's where the game's always been won and lost. So that's not a new revelating thing, uh, but there's just not as many of them. 
you know, that are able to play at a really, really high level. And uh, so there's a uh, there's a body, you know, you're looking for certain, you know, uh, dynamics and, you know, your, 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 your length, you know, your size, your power, your quickness, uh, you know, your ability to, you know, from a refinement standpoint to rush the passer and, uh, you know, recreate a line of scrimmage, block recognition, you know, the fundamentals that go along with it. Not everybody's developed the same way. And so we've got a group of guys that are really have unique skill set, but also have some, you know, a tremendous foundation of fundamentals, too. And probably, you know, when you look at the front seven, the, the area, if it's not strength and power that young people you know, aren't quite there. If it's not that, it's usually the use of hands and block recognition. The linebackers on the second level be able to get off of blocks. And same thing, the block recognition for the guys up front, be able to, you know, to, to be able to play the different blocks the right way and then transition from run game to, to your pass rush. And those, those things usually take a little longer, but this is a group of guys that have been incredibly well coached, uh, whether it's Again, you look at Nigel Smith from Melissa, you know, when you drive on down uh, I-35, head south, and you come to uh, Melissa and the new stadium that's there. It's, you know, very reminiscent of what you saw Allen, Texas, several years ago, and the commitment to football in the great state of Texas is a, a very real thing. Uh, but the, the depth and the level, the excellence of the coaching, obviously we're signing a couple guys from IMG. We've had great experience through the years. Jaden J- Jackson and, and David Stone, they're going to be very well coached and have a little bit more of a, um, a mindset of what the routine in college looks like, uh, the commitment and uh, those types of things that, you know, day in and day out requires. Danny Okoye, although he, he played, you know, uh, uh, in a homeschool league, his, his, his talent is freakish. His, his development is really – they did a nice job at Noah and uh, getting him to this point. And then he's been a guy that's a football junkie, he worked on his craft on his own. And he's got great humility, um, great uh, uh, self-awareness, really intelligent young guy that has really worked hard at uh, developing his game. And then again, one of the top players, if not the top player in the in the state of Minnesota, uh, in Wyatt Gilmore. Uh, we identified, you know, Wyatt uh, a long time ago as a guy that man, he's got all the the stuff uh, that the great ones have. He's got a motor, he's got instincts, he's got a great get off, got a great body, uh, really refined. Uh, it works hard at you know all the fundamental things of the, of the game and. Uh, but what I love, these are this is a hungry uh, group of young men that have humility, the physical toughness. They love the game, have all the right characteristics that you want that to, that's going to help continue to promote growth and development quickly. So, uh, and Taylor Tatum, uh, again, from uh, Longview, we know what that program represents. We've had several Sooners uh, that have come from, you know, uh, the University of Longview and, uh, you know, Coach King and what that uh, staff uh, is all about. You know, you know you're going to get somebody, another multi-sport player and, uh, and Taylor Tatum, you know, he take the top off the defense. He's a home run hitter at running back. His power, speed, his instincts, uh, you know, just – uh, very reminiscent of some other great backs that we've had from East Texas uh, and some of the skill set and got great size and power. Um, tremendous baseball player uh, is going to play baseball here at the University of Oklahoma. And again, another, uh, you know, 
a fist bump to Coach Johnson and the staff to for all of their help in facilitating the recruitment of Taylor. Amazing family. Uh, and again, coming from a program that, that has very, very high standards and expectations. And again, the physicalness that the game requires, this is something that he epitomizes. So, uh, yeah, he has great speed and really intelligent, smart young guy, but he's got the physical uh, stature as well that's going to help transition uh, quickly. Yeah, Coach, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, the nucleus of your, your class is from Oklahoma and Texas. But, you know, you did go grab a kid from Minnesota, as you mentioned. You got one from North Carolina, from Arizona. You went overseas to get Daniel Akakumi. What do you credit that ability to recruit from pretty much anywhere to more so than anything else? Yeah, the standard of Oklahoma. You know, people remember decade after decade after decade after decade of Oklahoma excellence. And... So I would just say it, it goes back to all those coaches and players that have represented Oklahoma for such a long time. It's a it's a true blue blood. Uh, you can the doors always open for a, a program like Oklahoma. Uh, you know, there's an attachment to Oklahoma that you know winning and excellence and development and toughness uh, and championships uh, that has been represented. And so that's the memory of everybody uh, from from coast to coast and and uh, and now again you know across. Uh, across seas, you know, internationally as well. So uh, there's an attachment, you know, when you sign up to uh, OU DNA or the Brotherhood that these guys recognize the value of that. And uh, so we can uh, get into really uh, any home uh, across the country. Brent, uh, you, you mentioned the word intentional earlier and value. As you stack these classes now, top ten classes or whatever, you've been uh, up against the SEC. You've seen it firsthand. A lot of your staff has been in the SEC, seen it firsthand. You guys getting what you want to compete in that league? And, we're always, and we're always working to be better. And uh, we certainly are uh, competitive. We want more. And uh, we're going to need more. Uh, whatever that means, it's all-encompassing. Uh, you know, it's incredibly competitive. It's relentless. It's year-round. Uh, it's challenging. Uh, you know, there's smart coaches, and there's a lot of programs that have a lot of resources, uh, just like Oklahoma. And and um, so it's a very real competition, and one that isn't just going to go away. You're going to win some and not win some, but you need to win more than than you lose. And so. Uh, um, Everybody here uh, in, the, in the program, from the president all the way to the athletic director, and then everybody else, uh, the recruiting staff, the coaches, the families, the players, everybody, there's a real commitment to it. Uh, I don't think there's anybody here that, uh, that, that doesn't recognize you know, what's in front of us right now. Uh, recruiting's always been competitive, but you're going to go to a, a conference now uh, that the resources are very real everywhere you go uh, that are either every bit as good, if not better, than what you have. So. Uh, you got to be resourceful. Uh, certainly, uh, got to be committed to our philosophy. I don't want to go into a, in another a ten-minute answer for everybody. I know we got some questions to answer, but but you know we want to. As college football is becoming more and more transactional, we want to continue to be a relational. I believe that has you know longevity and sustainability. Uh, but at the same time, things have changed uh, dramatically in the last. Uh, three years in college football. That goes without saying. And the fluidity of, of rosters is a very real thing. The lack of stability of rosters is a very real thing. And so we've got to be adjustable and adaptable and, and be aggressive along the way, not just reactive, but be proactive. And I believe that's the, the, the vision and the philosophy that is shared throughout our university community.
You know, Brent, you're baseball guys. Uh, it's interesting. Both are highly. You're a baseball thought of, guy, right? Yes, I, both of them are highly thought of by Major League Baseball, and yet both said one of the reasons why they're coming here is because you worked it out and Skip worked it out that you could work out this dynamic. But talk about that dynamic and how you made that work. Well, again, I, I wouldn't say as much me um, and Skip and the baseball team is willing to do that. But I, I think the attractiveness of how, how well our baseball program has done, the history, the tradition, certainly they did a great job of selling those things. I think that attracted them as much as anything. You know, that combination of the excellence of Oklahoma football, what is represented, and the excellence of baseball. I don't, I, I personally don't think that we would have gotten either one of them had, you know, the football been a, a powerhouse and excellent and have the history and tradition and then the baseball program stunk i don't think we would have got either one of those guys and so a credit to coach johnson and again the past players and the excellence that our baseball program has represented uh, as well that's uh, the collaboration between the two staffs and and then certainly there's a willingness i think it's such a cool thing when you have players that have that type of extraordinary talent um, what a cool thing. Let's, let's have them be in our locker room and let's watch them chase, you know, other dreams in, in multiple sports, bring our team over to the baseball facility and cheer them on, you know, if it's a track uh, athlete, you know, what a cool thing. We want to promote that, not, uh, you know, not, you know, segment it. And uh, so what a celebration. I know it is, you know, uh, south of here uh, with Coach Johnson and his staff with both, you know, Nesta and Tatum. All right. Appreciate everybody. Merry Christmas. There you go. Brent Venable. So in the midst of Brent Venable's press conference, we had the 27th name, Taylor Tatum. So you can all chill out. And the recruiting class is set at 11 a.m. At 11 a.m. All 27. All right. So there's some preferred walk-ons. There's some other like the Andy Basses of the world that we'll learn more about uh, as the day progresses or maybe throughout the evening. But 27 of 27, we'll tell you about them all next. You just heard the Brent Venables press conference on the home of Sooner fans.